0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. From what goes on media, this is Backstage With, taking you behind the scenes with your favorite actors and creatives in the world of musical theater. I'm Mikey Worrell. Today we're going backstage at Her Majesty's Theatre in the West End, where Amy Manford can be seen as Christine Daae. Amy does two shows a week, while Kelly Matheson does the other six, but they share a dressing room because they're never usually in the building on the same day. Here's our conversation. Amy Manford, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me in your dressing room. This is this is quite sizable.
1: It is quite big, but it's obviously for two different actresses. We share our dressing room and our costumes slide to each side so we both get our own little space, which is really nice. It's a decently sized dressing room. I can do a cartwheel and... (laughs) That's all you really need uh, out of a dressing room.
0: (laughs) Let's start at the beginning. You were classically trained and you have a wealth of operatic experience. How did you end up in Phantom in London?
1: It wasn't really a conventional audition process for me coming to the West End. Um, Like you said, I studied classically. I studied at the Royal College of Music. And before that, I was at the Western Australia Academy of Performing Arts in Perth. Yeah, that obviously led me to London. And I thought I was going to go down the operatic route and When I was about to finish my master's, I was having coffee with my friend Lauren, and she said, well, have you ever considered auditioning for Christine? And I thought, no, I haven't actually, but that would make sense, wouldn't it? Just giving it a go. And one of the staff from the Royal College sometimes depths at Her Majesty's so she contacted the audition panel and said look I've got this girl she'd probably be good for Christine however it was the very last week of the audition process and auditions for Phantom usually go for about a month to sometimes a month and a half so obviously I was very late um, so there wasn't much hope but anyway the next day I got a email saying they wanted to come me to come in so they could see me and I did about five auditions in 10 days and got the role (laughs) 10 days later which was pretty amazing.
0: Five auditions in 10 days is quite a lot.
1: Yeah it was quite a lot especially in that short amount of time and also at the same time I was playing the lead in an opera at the Royal College but I was playing a boy because often in opera sopranos play boys so I was desperately trying to learn the rep to play this deeper more lyric voice in the opera and then coming in for Christine (laughs) being quite girly and having quite a lighter, flittery voice. So that was quite an interesting time.
0: (laughs) Was that the first musical theatre audition process you'd been through then?
1: Yeah, it was. That was the other thing. I kind of, I remember the next day going to the audition, being quite um, casual. Obviously it wasn't casual, but I wasn't freaking out and then all of a sudden before I went went in I was like hang on I'm actually auditioning for a West End show right now and then um, yeah it all kind of happened so quickly but that was a blessing in disguise because I didn't have too long to think about it.
0: So what did they ask you to do?
1: The first audition I went in and I sung I could have danced all night but I ended on a higher note than it usually ends just to show I had that range and then Anthony asked me to sing my high E instead of a high C. <laughs> Yeah, as you do. Um, So I did that, which was quite an odd request, but thank God it all sounded fine. Got a call back after that when they gave me some more rep to learn and then kind of the same process for all the next auditions and then the final audition, we had a bit of a working session in the morning we didn't know exactly what was happening. And then they all said, okay, when you come back, Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber and Cameron Mackintosh will be here. <laughs> I was, okay. <laughs> and then we came back and we all went in with different rows and different phantoms. And yeah, that's how it worked out.
0: When they told you you'd be auditioning in front of uh, Lord Lloyd Webber and Sir Cameron Macintosh, at that point, would you rather not have actually known they were going to be there in the afternoon? Because that must have been quite daunting.
1: Yeah, it was. It was more cool than daunting, to be okay. honest. I'd already done the scary part, I think, because I I was just as nervous to perform in front of the resident directors and conductors. I mean, they're just as important, aren't they? It was just cool just to say that I was I p- could perform for Andrew Lloyd Webber and Cameron McIntosh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and what did they say to you? What was it like to meet them?
1: It was really cool. They were quite far back in the stalls. It was a proper movie audition moment I walked out on the stage and the lights were so bright I could barely even see anything yeah I just did my best I couldn't quite see them but they they kind of said little things from the audience but I've met Angelo, Weber and Cameron since then and had a proper chat to them and they're really really lovely so
0: how soon after that did you find out you got the job
1: I woke up the next day I knew that they were looking for two Christines, but you never know, one might want to stay or something like that. So I woke up the next day quite nervous. And then it started getting later in the day and I called my – because at this point I didn't have an agent. So I called my singing teacher and said, oh, I still haven't heard from them. And she said, to be honest, Amy, if you hadn't heard by now, it's 5 p.m. She's like, I don't think it's good news. And I was like, ugh. So I just started making, you know, comfort food. I started making pancakes and um, then put the first pancake on the stove and then my phone rung and I was like, oh, my God. So I answered it and it was the head of the opera department at college who was kind of acting as my agent and he told me I got the part and I literally just started screaming, left the pancake on the stove, called my friend, we went out for a drink, came back to a very burnt pancake (laughs) at the end of the night.
0: You've been here just over a year now, playing the part for about 14 months. What's the life of an alternate like?
1: I mean, when I first started it was hard because you're obviously trying to Um, make friends, you're trying to get to know everybody, um, not to mention actually feeling comfortable going on stage and growing as an actress in the role. So at the start it was a little bit hard because it felt, I know it's only a couple of days in between each performance I perform on Mondays and Fridays but it felt like a lifetime for me really because I was just kind of twiddling my thumbs in the rest of the days but now that I've gotten used to it it is the best job (laughs) I mean obviously I'd love to do more shows as well but I have a great amount of free time I actually have a life really so it's the best of both worlds. So I'm definitely not complaining. And it's really nice because I get to rest my voice and I really get to give it all each show.
0: How are you finding being in a musical as opposed to being in an opera?
1: Obviously this is more on the operatic side of musical theatre but there's definitely still elements that I've had to change in terms of the way I sing things. I straight tone a lot more notes. I sing with a bit more of a lighter tone as well. I'm trying to belt a little bit more and stuff like that. But there's... Yeah, apart from the microphone, there's really not that much difference. I give it just as much energy, Just it's just as important, just as much work. So yeah, not a huge amount of difference, but obviously the microphone. <laughs> you can do it. It's, quite a, it's really cool using a microphone because you can do a lot more things. Whereas opera, you can't do as much with your voice because you have to project over an orchestra. Part of my voice that I've always been really good at is singing quite floaty, light soft which some people find quite difficult to do but I've always found that really natural and I couldn't really use it much in opera because it doesn't have a huge amount of volume but I find in this show it really works for the character and I've been able to use that.
0: So that's what you do in moments like Twisted Every Way for example?
1: Yeah well definitely also um, the cadenza at the end of Think of Me I do the higher one which goes up to a D and it's kind of this rising passage. Then you have to hold the D and do these little staccato notes after. And the reason why I think sometimes it's not the best for a certain actress to do is because you don't want that cadenza to sound too triumphant because in that moment she's not supposed to be an accomplished singer. She's supposed to be a little bit tentative and a bit nervous. So I think being able to float that note and not being as confident with it makes it sound better for the character at that moment so i think that's why they kind of thought that option was better for me which is nice
0: what's your favorite moment to perform as christine my
1: favorite moment it changes every single show when i first started i thought the coolest thing in the entire world was when the phantom's in the mirror and he goes i am there inside and then she turns around because at that moment i was so it was so foreign for me to see myself with this black curly wig in this big dressing gown. So whenever I turn around and I saw myself in the mirror with a Phantom's face, that was a real moment, which was just really surreal every single night. Obviously, I'm a bit more used to that now, so it's not as unexpected. But oh, I love the end of the Phantom of the Opera song when she gets to sing the high E. I love that part. The final layer's awesome. It's a real banger. I'm going describe it as a banger. <laughs> And then obviously Wishing. Every Christine has a, a really lovely relationship with Wishing because it can mean something to every single different person. Each person can draw their own personal experiences for that song. That's a really lovely moment.
0: Ah, okay, so the bit before that song, when you have that beautiful string interlude before Wishing You Were Somehow Here Again, that, that's my favourite bit.
1: Oh, no, no, no! Sorry, that's my favourite part. Okay. Yeah, I can. Conf- that's my favourite part. I think that is the best... Sorry, that is my favourite part. Um, Especially because I used to play violin. Oh, I just love that bit. I'd love to one day play the violin and sing it at the same time. It must be quite
0: hard. (laughs) Yeah, it would be
1: quite hard, but I like
0: challenges. (laughs) The question I always have when I see Phantom is, during Past the Point of No Return, at what point does Christine realise she is on stage with the Phantom?
1: Yeah, so this is something that every single time I have a friend in, I always ask... This is a silly question. I don't want to make you guys feel like you're dumb or anything, but did you understand past the point? And most of them say no. So I think it's it's good to explain this. I think that um, she doesn't know he's there until she puts her face next to his. So there's a moment before that when he's singing and he kind of does this thing where he gets her hand and brings it up her body and touches her chest. And... A lot of people think that's when she thinks it's the phantom, but she doesn't. She thinks it's obviously weird. She obviously knows, well, that wasn't in the choreography. Piangi's not supposed to do that. That's really weird. So she kind of runs away from him and has a moment to herself thinking, that was a bit odd, but I'll get back into character because she's professional at this point. And then she sings her little bit, goes straight back into it, and then there's a part where she wraps her hands around him and he pulls her close to his face and she feels the coldness of his cheek and feels the mask through the black cloak and that's when she notices it's him and freaks out because everybody knew he was supposed to be watching which is why she's doing such a good job playing the character of a but nobody ever thought that he'd be on stage with her so that's the moment
0: yeah <laughs> i love how when you said she's freaked out because he's done something that's not in the choreography and yeah like she runs away but then she carries on because she's professional
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> life's at risk but she's still yeah
0: so are you directed to go through that particular thought process in how she realizes it's him or are you allowed to work it out for yourself and and realize when you are in the moment
1: i think i actually did that by myself to be honest and then weirdly we had this conversation with the director and choreographer about this the other day and she basically just said whatever you've done is correct (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: you mentioned earlier that you can play the violin yep not only that you have a background in rhythmic gymnastics and pole vaulting you were a gold medalist at the australian national championships and you're a grade 7 violinist Where do you find the time?
1: (laughs) Well, I obviously am not a national (laughs) rhythmic gymnast anymore but this was when I was in school and I just kind of threw myself into anything I possibly could and My mum was very supportive of that because she didn't want me going and flirting with boys. (laughs) So she was happy that I was busy. (laughs) But it was great because it's all, thank you, mum, it's all been really worthwhile, all those skills. I mean, I know pole vaulting is not going to give me much use in musical theatre but I do say, you know, one day if I'm doing a role and the conductor said, I wish this character could jump over something with a stick and I'd be like, I can do that for you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Same with women gymnastics. I mean rhythmic analysis has been great because i've got great flexibility from it which is important for everything and also hand-eye coordination being able to throw apparatus and work with apparatus um that's yeah great for any stage production really so that's been the most useful thing and then violin's been great for musicality and learning music and music theory i haven't picked up a violin in a while to be honest because i don't have it in london but i'm trying to learn the guitar at the moment which has been interesting but it's coming <laughs>
0: So a friend of a friend used to be the company manager here back in the late 80s. And he told me that the boat in the title song used to go mental sometimes. Has that ever happened to you?
1: No, it hasn't. It's happened to Kelly, the other Christine, a few times. It's never happened to me. Touchwood wood is probably going to happen to me on Friday now. Sometimes when I'm in the boat and we're singing and we're looking at, up at the candelabras and sometimes I see the candles go down into the stage in front of us and sometimes the boat's going a bit fast and I'm like, what's going to happen if the candles don't go down and we... <laughs> anyway, so there's all these things that... But it's, it's exciting because you never know what's so going to happen.
0: So you're trying to control that panic at the same time. Yeah, so... exactly. But
1: I trust everyone. Everyone knows what they're doing. Yeah, but it's technology, I guess. Things, things happen.
0: My last question. Yeah. When I ask people what they'd like to go on and do next, most people say they'd like to originate. So my question is... If you had to pick a revival and a part to play in that revival, what show would you pick and what part would you play?
1: I would love to play The Little Mermaid. I just think that would be the funnest thing. I'd never seen a production, so I don't know. have never had it here. <laughs> really? That could be you. Oh, I'd love any Disney character.
0: Can you roller skate?
1: Yeah, I would learn. I mean, I've pole vaulted and I've done gymnastics. I would Maybe learn to roller roll. skate.
0: Okay. Yes,
1: exactly exactly but I'd also love to be Belle in Beauty and the Beast my sister got to play Belle in Beauty and the Beast when she was in year 12 and I was so jealous but she was amazing but yeah I'd love to do Belle any Disney character
0: (laughs) well it's been so nice to meet you you too thanks for coming in on your day off no problem You can see Amy as Christine on Mondays and Fridays. Phantom of the Opera is booking until the 5th of October next year, though I doubt it's going anywhere anytime soon. I'll be back next week when we're going backstage with Declan Bennett at the Union Theatre, where he's in Striking 12. If that tickles your fancy, then subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts and have it delivered right to your phone. You can see pictures from all of my backstage escapades on Instagram, backstagewithpodcast, and find everything else at backstagewith.com. Thanks for listening.